It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts, Agent ETA, Agent Ether, Agent Kruger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have a bunch of other links, which I've actually consolidated in one place on Linktree. Check it out in the description, but I highly recommend Discord, where you can interact with the hosts and listen to live shows. This week's episode, Spooky Stories. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. Bravo, bravo. Terrible, how dare you? (laughs) Just in time for Halloween, though. Yeah, well, that's what we're doing this week, spooky stories. But before we get started, I'd like to remind everybody that we have a new Patreon. If you'd like to support the show, we got three different tiers right now. We basically have the first tier, $3, which is ad-free and early access. And then we have the $5 tier, which is bonus content. And we have the $10 tier where you get to help us decide what we're going to do next on our show. We'll have votes. We have um, also started a YouTube channel recently with the gracious help of Diamond, who is in the audience right now. Much, much appreciated. We don't have you, live Diamond. YouTube video content, but I will start that very soon. I got some ideas. Like there's a, a solo thing I want to do. Um, I want to do like a strange news show, which will probably just be me going over strange headlines that I've found in the news or whatever. Not a big deal. But also, I want to get these other agents equipped with webcams, and hopefully soon we can, you know, show you all of our ugly made-for-radio faces. I'm sure everybody's dying, except for Ethan. (laughs) What are you talking about? I'm pretty as fuck. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I'm hoping to get that going. And And classy. (laughs) And then you could watch. We may, at that point, we may actually switch the live show over to YouTube because then it might be easier, but I'm going to have to look into it. There's different platforms and all sorts of different ways to do that. So I'm going to have to figure that out. I'm not like a video guy, so it's going to be a, a little bit of work to figure it. But anyways, we'll figure it out. Not a big deal. So anyways, this week's episode, spooky stories. And uh, I have it on, on good authority that agent Kruger wants to start first. Why don't you let us know what you got for us? Agent Kruger. All right, just a little bit of a tale of uh, a wandering idiot, uh, i.e. me, going to a place called Devil's Gate. It's in California, and I'm doing a tale. It's like Pasadena area. Are you guys familiar with that? Not very. I'm not. It so sounds, some call it, sounds familiar, but everything is named Devil something or other, so I don't right? know. Right? <laughs> it's always that spoopy. It's in yeah. Los Angeles County area, It's uh, so it's like a flood control like, damn, and at one point, there was an actual mental hospital at the top. Now, like, it's really, like, it's more of a dam. It's a dam, like, and but there's these gates at below that, you know, people have claimed to have super spoopy encounters. Like, feeling a presence of hands there or, like, somebody beside Ooh. them. And temperature drops in, like, frequent places. So, this one was actually weird because... It wasn't just like one encounter. So like I had, it was something that followed me at the end of the night. It felt like, so it was like two different things that happened that night. Now there was us trying to find the place was just a nightmare in itself. And then like when we finally got to parking there, we had to like wander down through these like woods 
And it was just bushes, not like woods, woods, like, you know, crazy stuff like that. But what was weird and eerie was that there was on our way to try to find this place on foot. There was a group, what I could only like, what we can only make out to be like men in their late 30s, early 40s. And they were in a complete, like a single file line walking through the bushes. And I, sh I shit you not, they were carrying torches. <laughs> and I have absolutely, I am not making this up. And they went and made this giant bonfire. We didn't get close, but what we could hear was not chanting or anything like that, but it was like somebody, like a group of men that wanted to scream and shout out obscenities and stuff that's going on in their lives with just as much hate and anger as possibly they wow. could muster up. So it was like, and I'm quoting it. It's like, oh, that fucking bitch. She hates me. Oh, God, I love her. And like, it was the weirdest. Like, I am not kidding. It was funny. Like a lot of it was random. It was so random. It was, it felt like a, like a, just a group meetup where guys could drink. It almost felt like more an aggressive version of like Randy from South Park meeting up with the other witches for Halloween where they just like do a bunch of drugs and just, you know, party. <laughs> but this was like, they were surrounded and they went each one by one. It was like a giant fire and we could totally make out the bonfire from a distance through the woods. Um, but it was like, we wanted, we didn't want to get near it because we felt like it was like a cult meeting of, <laughs> or like a KKK meeting, man. It was that type of language that was being used. It was people using, and, but the weird thing was, is that we can make out other ethnicity, ethnicity, oh God, other races there. Thank you. And they were just angry. And that's the thing that like really just, we could feel their displeasure and it was like, okay, so that's happening. And so we made like a last minute, like we were supposed to go through where they were at though. And it was like, what the hell? Like, okay, they're kind of ruining it. Right. But like, these guys are clearly, you know, fucking pissed at the world. So I don't want to like go. And then somebody wants to fight us for no reason. Right. And then they all jump yeah. us. So we were excuses. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, so we were like, hey, you know, what? let's uh, just go, you know. Uh, this away and we just like went right left and we got lost and so we ended up finding this like finding a creek like what we thought was the proper way of going which was just this creek uh it was like not it was pretty dried up it wasn't anything like crazy but the thing that like we started feeling and would clearly hear was shuffling of rocks and something that was clearly in our our pre like there was something there it's like around, around you or it was around us. Like, I don't want to say like bushes rustling or whatever, but it was like, you know, when you would hear somebody's foot kind of slip off a rock or something like that. And then like uh -huh. hit the edge of something. And it's like, they would quickly try to like hide themselves. It was oh. on that level. And it was just us, you know, at the time we were 17, 18. And of course we're like, you're for the most part, you're still a kid, whether or not you're, you would know oh, yeah. it or not, you know, how eager everybody is to be an adult these days. But it was like we were still childish, like, oh, my God, what the hell is that? And like, like cuddling up with each other because <laughs> we're, we're all freaked oh. out. But uh, I mean, in, <laughs> in the end, though, like, so here's where I say something started following me, though, is that we actually 
looked up afterwards or like while we were doing it on our phones that people would have that sense of something tagging along with them for however many miles it took you to get to your house. People complained about their radio losing signals or some people with XM radios even that would randomly start shuffling out of nowhere and just just wouldn't stop. And they would actually have to turn the system off and stop using it and then restart it and then the shuffling would still continue to happen. I I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. There was still white noise that a lot of people would end up getting because a lot of them just had like their FM radios on at the time. And so there was this one specific story that I know for a fact, like I believe 110% is that there was, um, a, a guy who was supposed to work security there and he actually ended up quitting his job because he drove to do patrol and he was in a pickup truck. One of those Toyota like single cab pickup truck, those little Tacomas. Um, I believe, yeah, Tacoma, just the little guys. And when he was driving, his radio started going off his actual walkie talkie radio where somebody like he could have sworn somebody was trying to make contact with him. But, like, he, he just kept shutting off. He's supposed to keep the radio on, though, just for being dispatched, for dispatch purposes and all this stuff. And as he was driving, though, he said he could feel the, you know, like, if somebody's next to you, you feel that electromagnetic, like, vibe. Or, like, I don't you, know how to say like it. feel like a presence. Like, a presence. Like, sometimes, like, you feel like somebody's watching you like, yes, right next to yeah, you. Yeah, yes, yes. And so when he was uh, driving, he felt like somebody was in his cab. And it got to the point where he would like literally, so like you see things out of the corner of your eye where it make you churn. And that's what we dealt with is that we were convinced. Oh. I kept seeing this little boy and he was in all white in a white shirt, white shorts, not like underwear or something like that. Not tidy whities, but it was on that level of just light, loose clothes. And it was these, it, it just was the weirdest thing. And then like, come to find out, like, you know, this guy, like he would sit there, like the security guard as he was driving and it was cold at night, he could totally feel that like a warmth. And I always, you always hear about the cold, the dead bring, if you do believe in ghosts oh, yeah. and stuff like that. But he said the complete opposite that he actually turned his heater off and that the window itself started to steam up. And Mm. so it was just like, holy shit, that's that sent us shivers up our spine. But like to make, you know, to kind of go back a little bit to us. So we were going up and down this like creek and stuff like that, throwing shit, trying to be all tough. Like, oh, you know, get out of here, you know, like trying (laughs) to be all tough. Right. Yeah. But (laughs) when it came down to it, man, I was shitting bricks and we were just, uh, just a couple kids, and this isn't as scary as like the next story I was gonna talk about because I actually spent the night on the Queen Mary, um, Ooh, and I was oh. by myself in a room. Lucky me! I it wasn't intentional. I was with family, and uh, but anyway, just f- before I get there, like again, just going. This isn't really the best story to say it out loud. But on our way back, I had to drive alone myself. And, and at the time, I had a Toyota 4Runner 2000, and it, like from the year 2000, and it was an emerald green Toyota, and it was a beautiful car, and I, I still miss having that uh, car. And but I shit you not, just like that story about the steamed up windows, I kept getting that. And now here's where it really freaked me the fuck out: is that there would be intermittent times 
or my radio would lower down and I would hear a tap on the window. Not like a hard, like direct tap, like somebody knocking on your window to get your attention, but almost like a nail on the window, like just random. That's crazy, dude. And I would, I, I stopped at one point I stopped the car and I actually was like looking around, got out of my car, looked in the backseat. I was like, what the hell is that? Like, get out of here. Cause like, that's what I was taught <laughs> was if you ever felt like you had a demon, you're supposed to hit it dead on or not like a demon. I should say, this is like my mom telling me this is that you, if you ever feel like you have the devil trying to like impose himself in your life, you're supposed to sit there shout and muster everything within your body to say get away get out of here i don't want any of that and i was like scared (laughs) like i was like please get out of here you know like i don't want any of this sorry mr ghost but so like i guess it wasn't as spoopy as that but like again like careful where you go near some claimed haunted places because other people claim that radios would go off things that they would have electronics would either wind up dead and not working until they got home and or whatever and at the time i was house sitting at a beach house and so when i got back to the beach house it wasn't my home and this wasn't like a home i felt like was blessed i had my my mom and my brother at the other house but this house was like all wood floors and there was a black cat that was there and this is where i'll end the story is that there was i was downstairs and if and any time you would hear uh, anything, it was pretty easy to hear and understand, like, okay, it's upstairs in the, the guest room. Oh, it's up downstairs in the guest room. Oh, it's upstairs in the master bedroom. Like, you could d- tell where it is. And I was sitting on the couch, and I had this, in the Great Dane I was house-sitting for, I was, I was babysitting the Great Dane the ha- and the house, and she also owned a black cat. <laughs> I get goosebumps at this time, is that I heard something could do that nice loud like at the top of the stairs and it was like it was loud enough to like wake me out of like half awake half asleep and maybe i was it was in my imagination but i shit you not like i heard something and i i was like whoa like you know got up started walking towards the stairs and started announcing myself like hello uh Yo, you up there? Like, I started calling the cat's name, and I I started to go up. And, like, what freaked me the fuck out was that when I started to approach the stairs, somehow the darkness in a room could freak you out alone, right? And I was in a pretty lit, like, town, like, city um, at the time. We had streetlights around, so lights would shine in through the windows. But for some odd reason, this time around, I cannot stress to you enough how dark this dark was you would look into this black room and somehow it had like 20 different shades like somehow it was like darker than dark regularly uh-huh. and i started to feel that presence as if something was there and ominous looking at me and i was freaked the fuck out and it wasn't until i looked behind me and i saw the cat right behind me <laughs> And then I heard again a creak up in the fucking upstairs. I took both pets and loaded them up into my car and bailed the fuck home. <laughs> and they slept at my place. I was they were like, please don't take it. Don't I know you can do it when you need to, Kevin, but ultimately let them sleep here because it was a new dog and it was a, a, a service dog. It was a service great dane. 
And okay. but she and he wanted she wanted him to get used to being home and stuff like that because he gets homesick. He'll start to gnaw on things and this and that. So <laughs> she was like, "I don't want to pay for anything." I was like, "No, nah, it's fine." Literally after that moment, I was like, "Get the fuck out of here! I'm out. I'm good. I'm out. Like, come on, let's go." And yeah. like, I don't like picking cats up, and I didn't care. I got bit like twice because I was like, "You're coming with me. We're going. Come on, get in the car." Yeah. Like, doesn't cat, matter. Like, this is too important. We need like, to num, leave. Like, got right in the car, and that was the end of that. Um, and then just to make a long story short, so I did sleep on the Queen Mary by myself and there was reports of a little girl that would wander the halls at night and that you would hear at in distant times. And I'm pretty sure this was the staff trying to freak me out was that they said that if you would just let everything go quiet, you would hear the laughter and the playful glee of, uh, children. And when you huh. look up some of the the passengers, there was a little boy who got his arm caught in a chute and it actually ripped his arm off and he died. And so yeah. they're convinced that spirits live there to this day. And those sons of bitches will run a haunted house at the Queen Mary. And it's a great time. And they know how to like spook you there. But this time it was like, so just to make it a little bit extra spooky for me sleeping on the, the ship, my family decided to take pictures of me in dark corners. And I was like, ah, oh, no, that's, let's do it. I was acting all tough, but my like sphincter was as tight as, you know, like it was, <laughs> it was tight. And I was like, oh no, like let's, let's hurry this up guys. So they would take pictures. And there's, do you guys ever believe that like some souls are reflected in the form a, of a orb, like a little, it's a sphere. It's like a little <laughs> circular dot that you'll get in your camera when you yeah. use the flash. And if it's on a dusty night or whatever, you'll see a lot. Well, this, my cousin, um, she is into the belief of Reiki, spiritual, like she's a gypsy at heart. And so she was convincing me and everybody on that boat that I had something lingering with me. And I went to Devil's Gate before the the Queen Mary trip or when I stayed there. Because, you know, we all go through that little phase of wanting to be creeped out and then actually go and see some of the spooky stuff, especially when you're in high school because you want to go see your friends, go, go, I mean, not just see your friends, but go do something, you know, silly and stupid. <laughs> but um, when we went, we were just, it, it, it was just the, when I slept by myself, there was for sure footsteps I would hear like pass down the hall. And we were told that, you were going to have some guest on there, but then it was ultimately just going to be us. So it was really pretty cool. We got a suite. And of course, everybody was so scared that the family all cuddled up in one other room. And I got left by myself in the other guest room. And I was by myself. And I was like, what the hell, guys? Come on. Thanks. So if I die, like, that's your fault, you know, or if something happens, that's totally your fault. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we just took pictures. There were spheres all around us and we were just, it was really creepy like creepy. And there was like a, I, I could say more, I don't want to take much more time, but it was like, it was down the halls. Again, you would see this darkness that was just as dark as you can imagine as the night sky, but somehow darker as if there was no moon or any reflection of light whatsoever. And like, you would just feel like somebody there, like it was a full classroom or like, you know what I mean? Like it just was, it was something there. Like you were just going to like 
Like I had moments where I was like, hey, Faye, like, you know, calling out my cousin's name and I would turn around and nobody was there. And I was like, whoa, really? no, somebody's in there because we went to the dining room, like the play halls and all this. And it's a relatively it's a beautiful, huge ship. If anybody ever has like a want to go there, I suggest it full heartedly. It's a great I've been, time. I've been there. It's I've been there a couple times. The Queen yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh but we went to the halls and to the the lower decks where you were supposedly this boy got his arm caught in the chute. It was one of those, not those waiter, uh, dummy waiters or whatever, but it was an actual elevator chute where the thing at the time lost its traction or whatever, but it severed his arm clean off and like they couldn't, you know wrap it up to try to save the poor kid's life and he ended up dying but uh yeah yeah it was just creepy times and it, it's hard well, to explain it and you really give it that that emphasis on the creepiness level but like it's like a lot of things if you're there it's it's a different experience right than just me you have telling like, you about it there's like there's like a certain feeling to be there and a lot of those because some of the even some of the rooms and stuff in the queen mary are are some of them are kind of cramped and even like some of the hallways and Very. stuff you go through, you know, it's, it is a ship, you know, and that's kind of, and well, I mean, the, the Queen Mary has a long history of these, these type of stories. And most of them, from what I understand, relate to um, its service during World War II, where it was like a medical transport ship. Right. Right. And there were, there were a, a lot of people that unfortunately passed away on that ship because of injuries and stuff. They just didn't make it during the voyage or what have you, you know? So, I mean, and, and the, I mean, it's not just that, but like, yeah, the Queen Mary is an old ship. It has a long history, you know, and there's a lot of people that have uh, reported experiences there and stuff. And I mean, you could do a whole episode on just like ghost experiences and accounts that people have on the Queen Mary, you know, right. and actually, yeah. I actually have kind of an anecdotal uh, story that's kind of funny. Uh, uh, my oldest brother, um, I don't know if he wants his name mentioned, so I won't, but uh, there was a, a, one of those Halloween events that happened on the Queen Mary. And I think uh, Murphy in the audience was there, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But at any rate, um, he used to work on the Queen Mary. And uh, so he knows like some of like the, the, the different like ins and outs of like, you know, how to get different places, places where like the regular public isn't supposed to go. And uh, he had brought his son down into a certain area, took a picture of him. And uh, there was a lot of dust in the air. So, like, you know, when he took the picture, it looked like there were spirit orbs. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah like I was mentioning. Yeah, they were all over a, me, man. A, a funny thing was that um, the radio station Coast to Coast, if uh, if, if anybody's uh, – that's a, it's relatively famous, especially in this uh, arena, I guess, you know. But, like, he actually took uh, – because I think it was a digital camera, I think – and he took it to the, their booth and showed them the picture. Look, I just took this picture right now. That's a spirit orb. And they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at we have, we have proof. We have evidence. This just happened. You know, like <laughs> I always thought that was hilarious. Because like to, <laughs> to be to be honest, like the whole spirit orb thing, uh, I mean, yeah, could it be true? Yeah, sure. I, I guess it could. But there's so many other things that could cause that to happen on a camera or on a video or what have you. You know, like. It's just that there's too many explanations, reasonable explanations that could explain that away, you know, to, you know, to where it's just like, all right, yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a spirit or what have you. Although it could be like, I'm not saying I, I believe it's not like there's no, no evidence that uh, has ever been presented that isn't true. But all the evidence that I have seen could be, you know, faked. You know what I mean? It, it's just, oh, it's not, it's not compelling. <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. It's not compelling enough 
to make me a believer. Like, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love ghost stories. I love hearing ghost stories, especially from people that actually have experienced something themselves. You know what I mean? Like, it gives you goosebumps. Ooh, you know, like <laughs> it's it's so interesting. You know, and it's it, like there there. I mean, this this is a never ending field of stories. Like, where there are plenty of other channels and stuff that have uh, that just con con concentrate on this alone. And there is material forever. You know what I mean? It's you can even go back in time because you know spirits. And stuff like that have have been around the tales of spirits and the the stories of of different type of entities or what have you are I mean they they go back as long as recorded history do does you know so I mean this is one of those things where I have always I've always loved ghost stories and it's so compelling it gives you the goosebumps and even like after like like sometimes I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know. Uh, <laughs> Like, uh, say that like, I'm a true believer, but there's been plenty of times where like I've watched either like a, a scary movie or like watched like a, a compelling ghost story on, on like YouTube or something like that, whatever. And then like, you know, later on at night, you know, like when all the lights, all the lights are off and you're walking through the house and like, you're worried about like going around like a dark corner and seeing something or like, you feel like, like something is watching, watching you after that, you know, you're like, ah, I'm just going to run into this room, turn the lights on. Ah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> you know, I know that it's, all too well. It's very fun. I don't know. Like, yeah. like, like, like I said, I don't know if I'm a true believer, but I want <laughs> to believe. You know what I mean? That feeling, like, like, like uh, that reminds me of my son, Agent, what is it, Redacted. We yeah. watched, You forgot your own son's name? We watched, six, what was it, Sixth Sense for the first time. I thought, oh, I yeah. thought he'd like oh, it. Yeah, it's a yeah, good yeah. movie, and it has that twist at the end, and I'm like, oh, I think he'll like this movie. And I thought it had aged well. So we watched the movie with him. I had the sense he was a little creeped out, but he was trying to like man up, you know, because yeah. he's a teenager now. And he's like, no, <laughs> no, it's it a good movie. I liked it. It was a good movie. I'm not scared. I'm not scared at all. So he goes into the <laughs> kitchen and our kitchen has a little window and it kind of faces downward onto our shed. And Agent Anderson was going out to the shed for some reason. And he peeked in through the window at Agent Redacted, who shrieked and fell backwards yeah. onto the yeah. floor. <laughs> I, I, was, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> we just keep, you know, miscellaneous stuff in the shed. I don't even know what's in there. But I was going in there for something or to put something in there. And uh, I know I noticed Agent Redacted at the kitchen sink and the window. The house is a little elevated because it has like that subflooring. Like there's space beneath the floor. It's not built on a foundation. So it's a little bit like higher up. So when he's at the sink, he's like looking down at me. So I would I just kind of like got on my tiptoes. I sort of peeked into the the uh, window there. I didn't say anything. I just sort of peeked into the window. And, and then, and then he looked out. I, I was not moving. I was just perfectly still looking in. And he looked out and he saw me. <laughs> I scared. I, I wasn't not intending to scare him this bad, but I scared him so bad he literally fell down. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Probably the scaredest I love he's it. ever been in his whole life. <laughs> I was hoping oh, to scare great. him a little bit, but not that bad. You know? <laughs> hey, sometimes the results are, are, are more than what you expected. Yeah, which is true. great. Also, <laughs> poor kid. Traumatize <laughs> him. He's going to therapy, and my dad was so weird, and he scared me one time. <laughs> Hilarious. All right. So, was uh, so Agent Kruger? You're saying 
Uh, you didn't want to take up too much time, but by all means, um, we're in no hurry here. So if if you want to, ex- you know, expand on your story at all, feel free to. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Otherwise, uh, we can move on to whoever's next, which we haven't actually uh, decided on. I got, I got like maybe one more incident that was there at the Queen Mary. We went to like the, like not the, I think it was the boiler room at one point. Um, either the boiler room or like the engine, but like, yeah, no, it was just like, it was like the in between where you could see the giant pistons, like those just massive, absolute gargantuan, like, um, pistons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe it was the pistons and we, it was like all yeah. white and it was modernized because, you know, at one point I believe like they were actually still using the ship and stuff like that. So it had to be all up to date, like to be able to, you know, pilot it within the bay or something like that. Um, and we kept hearing, it was just us kids at the time and it was my cousins and, uh, we, I, you know, I, I take this back. I apologize. I apologize. It was just, it was, it literally was just me and my brother. I, God, I can't remember who was with me, but what I can remember was that when we were walking, we kept hearing adults talk like staff members and we thought like, but it wasn't anything actually like audibly clear it was just that murmuring like it just you kept hearing somebody agreeing or like disagreeing but it just felt you couldn't necessarily tell exactly what they were saying yeah it almost sounded like they were in in working like they were working it was an like an active like people at work men at work and so we were like um you know, actually, at one point, we want to try to find this voice, wherever the hell it was. And anytime we got closer to it or any or it felt like it was getting louder, we would turn the corner expecting to see somebody and nobody was there. And it was a constant like cat and mouse game. It felt like where we would go and chase after these voices and we mm-hmm. wouldn't hear we, we would hear them. And we but we couldn't make out what the hell they were saying. But it wasn't until the point where we were like. I'm pretty sure we searched everywhere we can. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like as we were getting quiet, it was like, right, like literally just like this loud, hey, but like it was directed at us. Like, and it wasn't, it almost was on the lines of like, well, you know, when somebody is getting mad at you and telling you to get out of there, you can just feel that focused energy, like where it's like, oh shit, he really doesn't like us. Let's get the hell out of there. But I swear to you, like it was on that same level of like, what? Like, but it wasn't audible words. It was like a jumbled up, just yell, like a meatball of just nonsense. And huh. when we, we were all like, ah, oh, let's get out of here. It's security. They don't want us out here or whatever the fuck it was. We just sprinted. Maybe it was our active imaginations or whatever it was, but we ran the hell out of there. And then when we went to the actual like front desk or whatever, we we were just like they're at like, hey guys, could you not you know, run around and stuff like that? And like I was gonna be sarcastic or like say something stupid, but instead I started asking him questions like, hey, so who's down there? And there's a couple guys down there, right? And they're like, no, like there's no security. Like security's in their office, and it's just one dude, and he can't hmm. run. And sure as hell, he's <laughs> he was not like this that old. Like, I don't know how to say it, but it just felt like a, an, in, like somebody who was at work, like, and no matter what, from what we could understand, nobody was down there. 
and it was just us. And they were even asking us, like, so, wait, you guys went down there? Please don't go down there. You guys could slip, hurt, get, you know what I mean? It's a whole liability. So oh, please sure. don't. And, yeah. like, they actually, like, were getting frustrated with us and to the point where, like, hey, if you guys are down there again, we're going to ask you to leave. And we were like, uh-huh. okay, understandable, but who was down there? They're like, nobody. Nobody's down there. Nobody's scheduled to go down there. Nobody should be down there. And we'll send the security guard down there to make sure everything's okay. But nobody's down there. And I was like, yeah, but they told us to get out. And he's like, who? And he looks over and like you could see the security guard in his office or whatever, like stereotype legs placed up on the desk and everything. And he was just not, he wasn't down there. He's said like they were convinced that they're like, yeah, well, hey, you know, actually we do get guests that say they hear or feel like somebody's there and that they try to communicate with these people, but they never get a response out of it. And it's never doesn't go anywhere. And that just sounds mm-hmm. like you guys might have had something, might have had a contact. And it was like uh, and then not only that, but we were hearing this before we had to go to bed. So none of us slept oh, that yeah. night. And it Great was timing. Like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for bringing me, guys. I am uh, permanently <laughs> scarred from this whole trip. So, But it was awesome. It was great. I, I highly suggest it. It just seems like there is like a level of ghost that you hear about or paranormal activity where it could be aggressive or it could be the spiritual type of like – I don't know how to say it, but like, you know, a mutual understanding between the living and the dead where the the dead know that they're no longer living, but they want to make some sort of contact to say like, I, Hey, you know, there's something here. And then there's the opposite where you have like reports of when people go to like visit a old serial killers home and then they have aggressive and then it, like aggression or like some sort of anger in that, pre- like a presence of anger and then, you, of mm-hmm. course, you have the ghost stories and stuff like that you'll see on TV about how some people transform themselves. They're usually a nice, go happy, go lucky girl, but she gets in there and now she's super pissed and the guy's super angry and they're just like feeling this intense anger and like wanting to actually hurt the group that they're with. But then they leave and it all washes out from them, which I think is kind of, ex- you know, kind of exaggeration of everything. But I mean, it's just like. Like those, in my opinion, like there's probably some other things that I'm not remembering at this moment, this key moment, but it was like forever and still to this day, I am convinced that I've had contact on some level, but it was a distance type of deal and or something followed me home at one night because my dumbass thought it was a funny idea to go to a place that like people report, you know, some fucked up shit happening, part of my language, but it's just Mm -hmm. like... It's like, I deserve that. And that's how every horror movie starts, right? Is that there's like, or some horror movies start where, you know, it's just dumb teenage kids that go into the quarry or whatever. And then yeah. all of a sudden they come back and, you know, five go in, one comes out. And it's like, yeah, it's <laughs> like they only brought that upon themselves because they wanted to go out and play with ghosts or whatever. But I immediately yeah, like became they triggered more, the ghost. Yeah, it's either triggering it or it feeds off of your your energy in some some facet, uh-huh. and it's like, oh, damn, like I I uh, I stopped. Uh, I went to church a couple days after that just <laughs> just to go. Like, um, but yeah, it, it's spookier stuff could happen in my life, but for the most part, that 
Like maybe it's it again, you would have to be there to experience it. Maybe I didn't explain it as well as I could have where I put an element of fear into it and stuff like that. But, you know, you can never we never really have a straight answer of what happens after death. I mean, is there a place where we can't go? We're in the in-between. We're in purgatory, if you will, that you deal with seeing everybody live a life that you could have had, but you decided to, like, sin and do this and do that. And it just completely took your ticket away from going to either heaven or hell or whatever. I don't know if you want to go to hell. You know, if you're in purgatory, obviously, there's some work to be done if you believe in that. Some work to be done. I don't think you'd ever want to go to hell. Right, of but. course. No, all that means, I mean, the normal people, there, you know, there's a couple Satanists that would say different, right? It's just a party oh, yeah. down in hell. Yeah, so. I guess, yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, I guarantee, and the energy I felt from that cat, that those guys, the, that group of people that were at that bonfire, I shit you not, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they were a couple Satanists because, like, it was, like, they weren't wearing like what we can make out. They weren't wearing robes or anything, but they had tiki torches and maybe it was they like were a, a, a premise. <laughs> yeah. And then they <laughs> had this weird naked person that they brought along and ended and up a bunch of them. A bunch of them were doing the whirly bird and it freaked <laughs> me the hell no, out. No, no. <laughs> no, but it was just, it was, uh, I, I could capitalize on that. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, but uh, it was definitely, like something I look back at my life and I'm just like, wow, like that's not fun. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say the least. But yeah, please. Thank you for letting me speak. I appreciate it. So. Oh yeah. No problem. Bravo. Of I'm course. very creeped out. Yeah. Very, <laughs> oh, very creepy stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, we got a uh, couple more people waiting. We didn't actually decide ahead of time who was going to go next. So who wants to go next? I'll go. All right, Agent yeah, ETA, I'll go let's hear so, Hell yeah. So, all right. So I don't really have any personal experiences of my own, to be quite honest. Like I said before, I've always been really interested in ghost stories. I find it very captivating. And like often I'll, I'll, I'll listen to somebody's, you know, account of what they went through and I'll just get goosebumps and it'll freak me out for the rest of the night, the rest of the night, not the rest. But anyways, <laughs> but, uh, so, um, I just wanted to talk about a couple, a couple of little stories that are, are popular ones that I, I think if anybody is, uh, interested and, in, and in very familiar with ghost stories, they probably have heard about this stuff. So the first one that I want to talk about is the bell witch haunting. And so this happened in Tennessee. It is in Red River, Tennessee, uh, what is uh, today Adams, Tennessee. Uh, and it happened in 1817 to roughly about 1821. And um, the main story basically happens on a farm owned by a farmer named John Bell Sr. And uh, this was a farm that was uh, uh, had a lot of people on it, it had slaves on it as well. And a lot of the stories and accounts came from these slaves as well, and also him and his family. And um, so it starts it starts off like kind of slow, you know, and um they 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 account stuff like like just hearing like disembodied voices, the voice of a woman, and like they can't quite t- like tell what she's trying to say or anything like that. But so at any rate, um originally uh John Bell uh, bought this farm in uh, 1802, and he moved from North Carolina to Red River 
1802 and bought a uh, 320 acre farm. And then he started that farm. Um, he became very successful. And later on in 1817, um, so like just to get this out of the way, we could do a whole episode on, on, on this, uh, this whole haunting, like, like it's a, it's a big story and I'm going to get you like, I'm going to give you like the, the short and sweet like version of it because there is so much surrounding it. And like, and then we, we don't, I don't think we have that much time to be quite honest, you know? So I'm just going to give you this, the short and sweet version of it. Okay. So in uh, 1817, people on the farm started noticing weird animals, like, like animals that they couldn't describe. Like they were like, I don't know what the hell that was that I just saw. Right. It wasn't like that. Like they were necessarily getting attacked. Not at first, at least, but they, they would, uh, you know, have accounts of like, you know, seeing things that just didn't make sense. And then, um, John Bell himself supposedly had, had seen basically a black dog with the head of a rabbit that had like red glowing eyes. And like, like he had heard these accounts from different people on the farm and stuff. And initially he is like, okay, well, all right, I don't know what that is, but I don't, I don't know if I believe you basically. Right. So, but once he saw it for himself, uh, then obviously he was a believer. You know what I mean? So, um, it started off kind of like simple like this, where they would see things and like outside the farm, not in the house necessarily, but then it started creeping in towards the house itself. And um, they would even see things like, uh, like, like uh, there's a term for um, like, like, uh, like balls of light that they had back in those days called a dead man's candle. And uh, it, it's basically like a ball wow. of light that is like hovering like in the woods and stuff. And uh, when they saw this particular thing, it would just be in the woods, but it would start coming closer to the house, but it never got to the house, you know, but there were like balls of flickering lights. And um, they didn't act like like glow bugs or anything like that, you know. what I mean, like the the way that they moved seemed to be like like a like like spirit, like a spirit is what most people would would describe what they thought they saw uh, during that time. So the family started hearing after like this and stuff. They they started hearing noises in the house, and uh, it started off simple, like I said, like doors would like 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 it sounded like the doors would like knock close or something like that, or somebody wouldn't somebody would be knocking on the door. Um, but then they would go check and nobody was there, you know, and then they would also hear sounds of like chains dragging on the ground and they would go check it out and nothing is there, you know, uh, and they started hearing, like I said, a disembodied voice of a woman and, um, like, like they would even hear like, uh, sounds of like, uh, they would complain about like, it sounded like a rat was chewing on like the, the leg post of their bed and they would get up, light a candle and see that there was nothing there. There's no damage to the bed, that, but they heard something that sounded like a rat chewing on wood. They thought it was like either on the bed, the floor, you know, but they would never find any evidence for it, you know? And they would even hear things at nighttime, like sounds of like gasping and choking and, and like, like it just, it freaked them the hell out. They're like, what the hell is going on? You know? And so, um, these, uh, these ghostly, uh, experiences started, uh, like, uh, I guess like attack, not attacking, but becoming more focused on John Bell senior himself and also his daughter, Betsy, which actually her name is Elizabeth, but everybody called her Betsy. That was her nickname, you know? So this area and th this family was very religious so, uh, John Bell actually thought that, you know, he, he was convinced that it was a witch that was haunting him. 
And um, at one point, he even like employed the uh, the help of like locals around the area, and they came. They had like kind of like a seance, I guess you you could call it, and they tried to con contact the spirit, and they actually supposedly did contact the spirit, and um, they were they were able to uh, get her to say her name was Kate. That's what that's what they told him. Uh, my name is Kate, and the spirit said it specifically wanted to kill John Bell. Like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know about you, but if I was in that situation, like I had a seance and like I was owner of the house and such, you know, uh, I would be freaked the holy hell out. Like what? Oh, to say the least. To say the least. This ghost wants to kill me. It just said it wanted to kill me. What? Now, yeah. so a lot of, a lot of people think the reason why the spirit wanted to kill him is because he was a slaver. And because, you know, uh, that practice, you know, there's a lot of people that suffered, obviously, you know, so, but at any rate, um, so, so like, uh, during the seance, even they heard like sound of like doors opening and closing, shutting closed and stuff like that, you know, and, and, um, they had a whole experience that went on, uh, like throughout the night and stuff, you know, and, and um, I mean, that's a, that's a whole, I mean, you could, I could spend like 25, 30 minutes just talking about that seance, the, the information, like there's a lot of information available about this case. And like I said, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm giving you the short and sweet, simple version, you know, but so the haunt, the hauntings continued for years. And um, it, it, the the hauntings, like I said, started focusing more on John Bell and his daughter Betsy for whatever reason. And um, the spirit actually, from what the how the story goes, actually took a liking to John Bell's wife. And like she had some like uh, um, things going on, like she would hear these noises and stuff, right, along with all the kids and everything. And um, but but it never really attacked her or, or did anything to her. You know what I mean? So um, so at any rate, as, as the years went on. Like the spirit became more violent, and as the story goes, like like it seems like the reason why it became more violent it was because it was getting more attention. There was a lot of people from the surrounding areas that started hearing about this story of the, of the Bell Witch and how they were getting terrorized by the spirit, you know, and uh, it became kind of popular. And pe people would actually come down to the uh, farm to see for themselves. And wow. some people wouldn't have any experiences, but some people would. And um, like like even people that came down to uh, visit and see. And even the kids of his, uh, John Bell as well, like they would, they would uh, report like like being beat by the spirit, um, yells at night and shrieking at night and stuff like that. And even Betsy herself complained about like like shocking sensations that she would get, uh, pain like that she would be like uh, imposed like that would be imposed upon her. She'd be scratched, she'd be beaten, pricked by needles and stuff like that. You know, like scratches and stuff like that. You know, like like um. Like she, it sounds like this spirit like really went 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 to town on her. I guess you could say, <laughs> but but like uh, it's it's a it's it's a pretty compelling story. You know, like it sounds like a lot of people had quite a bit of experiences, and and they they weren't really necessarily like bashful about talking about it, which actually is kind of cool because you have more testimony and stuff that you can look into for this this case. You know, and um. So, so at any rate, as the, um, the haunting got like worse and worse as, as the spirit or entity, whatever it was, uh, got more attention. It got more and more violent as, as the years went on. 
And um, there's actually kind of a funny story that I read uh, about a man named Frank, Frank Miles. And so as the story goes, this guy was seven feet tall and 300 pounds, right? And so he came there to prove that like, oh, I'm too big and too strong for this spirit to affect me. And in the middle of the night, like, so he went there and he asked the Bell family, can I stay here and experience this and, and see what happens, right? And so they agreed and they let him say, yeah, yeah, go ahead, stay overnight, you know, well, you know. And so uh, in the middle of the night, the first night he was there, they woke up to him screaming and running around the house frantically. And like, he was obviously very terrified and he ran away out of the house and never came back. <laughs> so I, I guess uh, the spirit... Uh, bested him, you know, I guess he wasn't too big and too strong, but that's kind of just an anecdotal story uh, uh, attached to this, you know what I mean? And uh, oh, another one actually is uh, in 1819, Andrew Jackson, President Jackson himself, he actually owned uh, uh, land in the area and um, he he actually made a trip, a journey to, uh, well, he didn't end up getting there, but he he uh, he, he wanted to, but he got uh he got distracted on the way, I guess you could say. So, so he owned land in the area, and so he was very familiar with this story. Um, so he wanted to go see for himself. You know, they found it interesting, and him and a lot of his companions that he was traveling on, um, on the way there, uh, they were they were actually uh, threatened by like an unseen force, and um, like they they were like talked to by this disembodied vo uh, disembodied voice that warned them like like you know don't go there you know I know where you're going and like uh, then then like the you know, it was a woman's voice too just like uh, all the other tales of of the uh, the bell witch you know and um, you know uh, the voice told you uh, told him that I will see you tonight and like sure enough from what the accounts say later on that night the the voice came back again and they even had like a uh, you know like. Like, uh, there was a guy with, with them that was like a self-proclaimed witch hunter and like the guy challenged the spirit and like, he ended up getting like struck in the chest or something like that, but by another unseen force. And he was like, all right, nope, never mind. You know, like, all right, yeah, this, this is too real for me, I guess. You know what I mean? And so he relented, uh, he stopped, he stopped challenging the spirit and, um, they even had like stuff like, uh, like, uh, one of like uh, some of the wheels on their, their carriages and stuff got stuck and like wouldn't move and it like it was like unreasonable they couldn't find out why it like the wheel was doing what it was doing they couldn't find anything wrong with it it was just stuck and it wouldn't move you know and then um they had another experience with a, dis a disembodied voice that told them i'm stopping you basically from going forward and and then I'll, i will let you go now you know what i happened. see like reoccurring things sorry to cut you off but have you noticed that it's similar to what i heard was just just out of like just not making sense. Like it was a jumbled up mess. And then there was, when I said, I felt like he was telling us to get out in the queen Mary. Like there was, that. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So like, it just, well, that's, a, that's a common thing through. I mean, there's a lot of ghost just stories. Scared that, the that shit out of me, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's still here with me. So get there's away. a lot of, there's a lot of events to talk about. And like I said, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm running through this kind of fast, but, um, there's, there's all kinds of different accounts from people on the property saying that they saw this, they experienced this or that, whatever they were beaten by a, you know, a spirit, something that they couldn't even see. Right. Or they woke up with bruises or what have you, you know, so there's a lot of scratches. Crazy stuff. I, I've seen scratches. I haven't had it myself, but I've known yeah. somebody who's woken up in the middle of the night from. Uh, said that they claimed to be, they slept on the Queen Mary at one point, but they had a, I don't want to say like a scar that was like 
gnarly or whatever, but you could still see like you know when a scar is heal or a scratch is healing, it does have that slight like slight scarring type uh-huh. deal where it's like like lighter than your your body color or whatever. But like yeah, you could yeah. see it was on their right shoulder and it was like straight up just a scratch or remnants of that. But she was she's convinced that she got that when she was on the Queen Mary. And I, I don't but yeah, hmm. people talk about bite marks and stuff like that. If I'm oh, getting yeah. bite marks anywhere, I'm fucking burning down whatever the hell that was. I'm out. <laughs> I'm I am done. Out. I'm done. Yeah. You know? well, let's go. Yeah. So to finish up the story, and like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I've passed through, and and this is an it's it's a very compelling story with a lot of uh, information attached to it. But so um, roughly, the end of the story kind of ends in like uh, December of uh, 1820, where uh, John uh, John Bell actually became very sick and ill, and he fell into a coma, and he he ended up passing away, which might have been what was foretold in that original seance when they contacted the spirit and the spirit said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kill John Bell basically, you know? So, and there, there's, there's a couple little things that happen after that with some of his like descendants or what have you, but like, it's not really, I don't know. It's, it's, eh, go look into it yourself if you want to find out about that shit. But anyways, freaking, <laughs> <laughs> but this is the main story though. And I find it, it's one of those, like uh, it's kind of a famous story you know, in, in like American, like uh, ghost lore, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I thought it was one of those ones. It is one of those ones I just wanted to talk about because I, I found it compelling myself. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it, it was funny. So, okay. So the second thing I have to talk about is is kind of just like, a, I don't know. It's not like a, it is a ghost story, but it's one of those things that I just thought was very interesting is the ghosts of the White House. Have you Are you guys familiar with this? I've heard of it. I'm not oh. super familiar, but... Before you get into that, why don't we switch over to Agent Ether first, who is okay. uh, appears to be getting sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. To, it's past my bedtime. To be fair, she does have to wake up <laughs> early. So why don't we give you know give her a spot for a second here, and then we'll we'll circle back. Yeah, absolutely. To you. That way I can be sleepy, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh okay. All right. So mine isn't a ghost story either. I think it's kind of spooky. And it's uh, something that's personally happened to me. So I'll start off when I was very young. Uh, I was in the car and we were on a road trip. And this is when I lived in Germany. And we would get terrible snowstorms, just just blinding, where you had to like pull over for a while and you couldn't even drive on the roads. And uh, we were going down the Autobahn. And I was like, I just had a funny feeling. And I was like, I don't feel good. And my mom's like, you have a stomach ache? And I was like, sure. <laughs> I was like, sure, I have a stomach ache. I just, I didn't feel good. I had a bad feeling. I wanted to get out of the car. So she's like, okay, we'll stop off for a while. So we stop off. And when we get back on, there's like tons of traffic. And it turns out there was like a 30, 40 car pileup on that highway wow. that we avoided because we stopped off, basically. And uh, so my mom told me this story when I was older. I don't actually, I didn't actually remember it. Um, But then when I was, uh, I want to say like 11 or 12, my mom was going to be barbecuing. And I, again, I got this bad feeling and she was standing in front of the grill and I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And there was, uh, I guess the gas was leaking on the grill and she went to light it. And I swear to you, the fire like went 
around her body and it lit the tree behind her on fire. So she was between the grill and the tree and it went like around her and lit the tree on fire. And I had to run upstairs and call the fire department because the tree, which was right next to our house, was on fire. Like the branches overlooked the house. It was like two stories. It was a duplex and we were on the top story. And the fire was gradually making its way up towards the top. So uh, the fire department came out and they put that out. They put that out pretty quick. So my mom's told me this story. She says there's other incidents too from when I was younger. That's the first one that I remember. But then the one I really wanted to focus on was uh, Halloween night. Yeah, this one is fun because it actually happened on Halloween. It did. I was there. Were and, you there? And I Agent, was there. Agent Anderson was there. He's a witness. So <laughs> I think this is the Halloween, the last one where we went trick-or-treating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were a bit old to be trick-or-treating. We were way too old. Oh, God. we were. I was 16 or 17. Hey, we were hey, too free old. Free candy is always super sweet. I don't even yeah, think we had- that old. I don't even think we had yeah. costumes, though. I think we just went around and yeah. asked for candy. <laughs> hey. I'm here. Give me candy. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, yeah. We didn't do a lot of houses or anything, just a little bit. And it was kind of like we'd been talking about it, how, you know, you get older and you can't do Halloween anymore. And I was like, let's just, let's just go. Just one more time. And Agent Anderson's like, really? And I was like, let's just do it. We're never going to be able to trick or treat again. Let's just yeah, let's go. Kids. So we one, did. One last time, right? One last time. We kind of. Kind of big for it, but we went. So anyways, it was getting kind of late and I wanted to go home. So I asked him to drive me home. I think at this point I live like 20 minutes away. I lived in a different city. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Not maybe like 15. Maybe like 15. Yeah. Like down the highway. There's like a highway that connect that connected from where he was living to where I was living. And you go pretty fast on the highway. What? 50? It, no, it was not high. We we were taking uh, Grand Avenue. It was not yeah. the highway. How how many miles per hour are you supposed to go on that though? Uh, I think probably forty five. Forty five. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you get pretty fast though. Forty five yeah. is pretty fast. So, well, anyways, not really. Shh, no, I'm it's telling not. <laughs> a story. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Okay. So we're on our way back <laughs> and we're driving and it's dark. Uh, and we're in the left hand turn lane and Agent Anderson has his turn signal on and again. I just, I don't know, something was wrong. And I said, you know, is this the right lane? Well, let me let me preface this by saying, it, um, I th- actually, I think Agent ETA would be familiar with this particular area. It's, you know, yeah. when you take uh, Grand Avenue over the hill headed towards Covina and how you yeah, go up yeah. the hill and then you go back down the hill. And when you come down the hill, it kind of curves around. You can't really see behind you that well because it's like down the hill. Coming towards and, like uh, Valley Boulevard or Valley Avenue, whatever. Yeah, well, past past that, yeah. But okay, okay, yeah. But like, you just keep going on Grand, and it eventually goes, you know, over to like it, it's sort of you could do it instead of the freeway if there's traffic or whatever. But um, it's sort of yeah, it's kind of a more direct route. But yeah, past Valley, just keep going. It's one. Of the, it's one of the main streets in the area. Yeah. So you go down and it kind of, you go up the hill and you go down the hill and it kind of curves around. So where we were, we were in a left turn lane. There were, there were two left turn lanes where we were and the, you can't really see what's behind us because it, it's a, it's a pretty good curve. You can't see the oncoming traffic. So we're in yeah. the left turn lane 
there's, I believe there's one car in front of us and there was, I think two cars behind us and we're waiting to turn left or maybe I was the front car. Was I the front car? You were the front car. I was the front car. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So that's sort of the setting uh, just to sort of, you know, spell it, you know, <laughs> spell out what's, spell going, it out on. what's going on there. Cause there are other hey, cars. By the way, it's, it's, Angie Anderson, it's I don't important. know why I'm interested in this, but yeah. what car were you driving? Because I remember a lot, a lot of your cars. It was little. It was the little stuff. car. It was the Honda. Yeah. Honda. Civic. Little tiny Honda Civic. Civic. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in, yeah. We're in this little Civic. We're in the left turn lane. And Hatchback. I don't, and I don't want to say I'm freaking out. Yeah. I remember that. I'm like pretty insistent that we're like not in the correct lane. And just as I'm like thinking that I'm going to have to ask him to move or something because I'm just, I'm feeling so uncomfortable. There's this loud boom, like a crash. And then a second later, everything went dark for me for like, I don't know how long. And when I come to just our car is total, just total. And there's other cars around us and it's just complete chaos, complete chaos. It was a terrible car accident. Some stupid drunk teenager had come down the hill and he hit multiple cars, not just yeah. us. It was a mess. And she was, uh, yeah, she was kind of freaking out. She's like, you're in the wrong lane. You need to move lanes or whatever. I'm like, I can't, it's a red light. I'm in the correct lane. We need to go left here to get, you know, to get to your house. This is the way you go. And I didn't understand why she was so upset. And like I said, you couldn't see behind us. You couldn't see that there was even cars coming. And even if you did see there was cars coming, you would assume that they were going to stop at the red light. So the, you know, like the light turns green and then just as it turns green, boom. Yeah. Yeah. True story. Yeah. And it hit us so hard. Uh, this, this kid hit us so hard that there, I think there was two cars behind us. And it still sent us spinning, totaled my car, sent us spinning into the intersection. And it was just, you know, a, pr a pretty messy situation. Luckily, nobody was hurt so badly that they had to go to the hospital, at least not that I'm aware of. But it was a pretty bad accident. And the thing, the worst thing for me was that um, I think this kid was, I don't know, maybe he was the mayor's son or something, but they kind of just let him go. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't really do anything really? about it. The, the cops were just like, all right, cool beans, peace out. Like, what? Like, this kid is yeah. clearly drunk or something. You guys ain't going to do something? Like, nah, it's good. All right, well, all right, that's fine. Yeah, it I sounds guess. like they were being lazy. Yeah, uh, maybe, who knows? But yeah, uh, it, was, it was a strange situation. Yeah, and since then, I've had a, a couple other, like, small incidents. Um, like, once I was driving somewhere... And I was going kind of fast and I was going to turn right. And I just felt like I needed to slow down. I was just like, you know what? I need to slow down. And I turned the corner and a ball, uh, you know, bounces in front of my car and a little kid goes and runs oh. right in front of my car, right in front of my car to get the ball. Wow. So, and I wasn't going very fast. So I was able to stop. Like it didn't, I didn't even have to screech Agent my brakes or anything. Agent Ether, yeah. you either have uh, an angel that is looking out for you or you're like telepathic or something, you know, like, like yeah. there's something going on there, I think for sure. Okay. One and one more that I can remember is I went to visit my mom and I was in my uh, S10 in my truck 
And we were talking about this. We were talking about this very subject and kind of relating all the things that had happened in my life and how weird it was. And she's like, why are you bringing this up? Do you have a feeling? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't know what it is. And it's not a bad feeling. I was like, I just, I don't know. So then Agent Anderson and I were driving home and the truck spun out. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. It was weird because we were just getting onto the on-ramp of a freeway. We were just driving. And just... I actually, I remember this. I remember when you when this happened, yeah. Yeah. And it was raining out. So that, that kind of explains it. You know, the ground was wet. But I was just going on to the on-ramp and then mm-hmm. the truck just, it we spun out and then the rear wheel slammed into the curb, basically. And nobody hit us. We didn't hit anybody else. But we did mess up that axle a little bit. <laughs> the car did <laughs> wasn't, wobble wasn't from that then the, on. Uh, it, it was at the 5760 interchange, right? Uh, no. No, it was up in LA. Yeah, it was. North it was, LA. Oh, somewhere. it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was mistaken. Okay. But it was, it was just so random. Like, I, you know, that I drove that truck all the time. I was driving at the time. I drove that thing all the time. And uh, even in the rain, but... Had never done that before, but it was a rear wheel drive, so it, it handled a little yeah. differently than what you'd expect from like a front. Well, the back drive. end, the, the back end of that truck is very light, but I, rem- yeah. I remember that truck. I remember that truck that you had, and and that's a good little truck. So yeah. it's a tough. I, I'm familiar with those trucks. I've worked on them before, you know, and they're good little trucks, but they are uh, a little light in the ass, you know. <laughs> oh, for sure, yeah. So I mean, it it could have been just like because it was wet out, and it just you know just so happened to spin out, but. It was a a very unusual situation, you know. Like, yeah, and I'm I'm kind of torn here. On the one hand, I'm like, well, maybe some things in life are going to happen, like fate. Like there's nothing you can do about them. So it doesn't matter whether or not I have these feelings because these things are still going to happen. And then on the other hand, like Agent ETA said, sometimes I feel like there's like this higher power not necessarily watching out over me, but it makes me feel like there is a higher power. There's something more connecting us like in the universe. Yeah, you're connected with something that that gives you these feelings or gives you these these warnings or what have you. And I, I've heard many stories like this before also. You know, like there's people that that, that have all, all kinds of stories like this, you know, and I think there's something to it. I really do. There, there's, a, there's a spiritual side of existence that I don't think we necessarily understand. You know what I mean? And, and there's enough there to, to make me think that I, I think it's real, to be quite honest. I mean, maybe I'm getting into a little bit of the woo-woo, you know, like like stuff, you know. But, like, I think there's something there. And, you know, it, it's for you to have this many experiences with this many, like, like feelings before something happened, like like something gave you kind of a warning or what have you. I think it's something that you're in tune with that, that maybe you have not necessarily connected with fully, but maybe you could. I don't know. I, I, I don't know much about this kind of this topic, but I think there's absolutely something there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. So yeah, that's, that's basically my spooky story. Spooky. Spooky. All right. I have a spooky <laughs> story of my own to share. I used to work at a movie theater in, you know, uh, don't worry about the decade. <laughs> it was a while ago. This was, was back. No, it was in the 90s. And this was back when we used to have movies on actual film, not on discs or digital or whatever it is nowadays. But back then, you used to have these, it would come in like reels. 
usually, you know, between four, usually five or six reels, depending on the length of the movie. And you would have to actually physically like tape the reels together. You'd have to splice them together and you'd have to put them on this big platter that would feed through the projector, right? So the projectors would have like three platters. So you could actually have two movies in each theater, right? Because one platter goes to another, has to go to an empty platter. But if you have two movies there, so anyways, there's three platters. Now, when I was working there, uh, Everybody kept telling me that the place was supposed to be haunted and it did feel creepy. I'm not going to lie, but I always just sort of dismissed it as nothing. But uh, when, um, when I was putting the movies together, we did it on Fridays. And because this movie theater, it was in like, it was in the same complex as like a business building. Uh, There was disputes over parking or whatever. So they made an agreement to not be open during the day. So on Fridays, I would usually they'll, they would put movies together like Thursday nights, like really late, but I would do it Friday during the day. And I would be like, sometimes the only person in the entire building, sometimes the manager would be there. Sometimes they would not, but often I would just be all alone all day for like a six hour or eight hour shift. I'd just be there all by myself putting movies Mm -hmm. together. It was a badass job. I loved it. But that upstairs, that that empty upstairs where all the projectors are, it's got a creepy feel. And I'm willing to bet that most theaters, whether or not they're haunted, have that creepy feel when you're all alone. Because, you know, it's the lights are all dim and dark and stuff all the time. Like, the, you know, the lights weren't that great. And uh, I don't know, it just had this creepy feel to it. But anyways, one time I was putting together a movie. Now, the, there's like a table with like this reel to reel thing and like the splicer and all the tools you need and all the, all the stuff you need supplies and whatever to build the movies. And I was putting together a movie and behind me was theater number six because we had an eight seat or or eight theater building. Right. And the, the upstairs, it was, um, you know, you'd have facing, facing theater number six to the left, you know, you'd start, with theaters one through five, then you're at theater six, then to the right would be seven and eight. The table to build the movies was in front of theater number six. And the table you used wasn't that big. So when you're putting together like all these advertisements and movie trailers, like Coca-Cola trailers and New York times trailers and you know, whatever previews you got to splice on at the beginning of this thing. Like we actually had to do that all by hand back in the day. And it was a pain in the ass. Let me tell you, because if you needed to change out like opening week, they would pay for, okay, we need a, we're paying for a spot on the, you know, the first spot on this to be the first spot on this movie. And then after two weeks, you'd be like, okay, change out just the one in the middle. (laughs) So uh, let's say there's like five previews. You'd have to go and switch out preview number three. It was a pain in the ass. But anyways, I would always build the movies on the table and theater six was behind me and I'd run out of room on the table sometimes. So I would put stuff on the platter behind me. Now, when I say platter, I mean platter. These things were pretty big, like, I don't know, maybe four feet across or something. There were very large platters because when you, when you put the movie together, you're talking about like a mile of film. Like we're talking about like a butt ton of film, not like, little, you know, camera that you're used to. If you had a camera back and they do with the film, we're talking about like a butt ton of film so much that like, sometimes when I was doing the reel to reel thing, 
Um, I would like put my fingers, you don't touch it because you don't want your finger oil getting on there and messing it up. But you, I would get my fingers close to the film and let like the static discharge like build up and see how far I could get the electricity <laughs> to arc. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I was actually able to burn my index finger when I went to arc the, you know, no like, shit. like, you know, you zap your friend, but like, Cause you know, you got to oh, yeah, yeah. you, you tape it together and then you do the reel to reel thing. And then it goes, takes a little bit of time. So, you know, I'd get bored and I'd just be like, seeing how much electricity I could build up and then zap. <laughs> I mean, if, if anybody else was ever in the building, I'd be like, Hey, come up here for a second. Come here, come here for a second. <laughs> zap. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Needless to say, Got him. after a oh, little, you had a pacemaker. Oh yeah. no! Why didn't you tell me? People left me alone for you know, after that. <laughs> but, but anyways, um, so I would put stuff behind me on the platter, on the upper platter, like let's say a movie previews and a movie preview. They're generally going to be like something like three inches in diameter total film. They're not. They're not like a full movie, obviously. So it's just a little bit of film, like a little bundle of film. It just, you know, you just wrap it up um, when you're done with it back into a, like a little circle is probably, yeah, about three inches or so. And I would stack those over there or maybe put, you know, maybe a roll of tape or whatever I needed to put over there, you know, if I needed extra room. But this, just this one time I put some stuff, I put a couple of previews up there and, you know, whatever supplies were on there. Uh, maybe masking tape. Sometimes you'd use stuff like that, whatever. So I was, uh, I was doing the real to real thing, you know, doing my splices or whatever. And I just got this strange feeling that kind of, you know, when it kind of makes your hair stand on in like that feeling. Oh yeah. I know it yeah. sounds cheesy, but it's real <laughs> like this, this. I've been there too. Yeah. yeah. I know exactly so what you're talking about. I turn around and the stuff on the platter turns 180 degrees exactly to where the previews that I had on there, the, the little, the little previews, the individual ones that I was about to splice into the beginning of the movie turned 180 degrees to be exactly opposite from me on the platter. Like the platter just rotated by itself, 180 degrees. And I was kind of like freaked out about that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the hell? Well, yeah, uh -huh. that's a. I would be too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at, witness that. Like, at the time, at the time, I just I spun the platter back towards me because, you know, they, they weren't, um, the platters were free spinning. You could just go around and spin them if you wanted to. So I just spun it back to me and just continued working, trying my best not to be completely freaked out. But like when I clocked out and went home, I, I was sort of getting the chills driving home. Like what the crap was that? Now you might say that the platter was off balance or that maybe the air conditioning turned on and made it spin or whatever. But this only happened once, just this one time and never before and never after. And the, the platters are not motorized. They don't spin themselves. At least these ones didn't. The, they're, they're just like set up, set up on bearings. Yeah. Right, they're to, basically, to rotate, yeah. Right. Like they're just on bearings. Yeah. So there's, there's no plausible explanation as to why this thing would have spun itself. I mean, it, you could think of something, I don't know, but quick. Well, and also it's a heavy yeah. enough, like uh, apparatus to where like wind or something like that, or air conditioning is not going to like a fan, even if a fan is on or something, it's not going to move it. Yeah. Yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. But it, it was just a really, 
really weird experience where I was, I was just like, what in the hell just happened there? I don't know. It was very strange. I actually, you know, what's kind of crazy. Like I, I, cause I worked in a movie theater also for a little bit and it was a, a little bit closer to home where we originally grew up. But uh, I don't know if you remember uh, down at the shopping center close to our house, we had uh, global cinema eight. Yeah. And it was a global cinema. Eight. I, I will, I will tell you it was a great time. We had all sorts of fun, but it was a shit show as far as the company is concerned. <laughs> like there's no, there, there was a reason why that the, that cinema didn't last very long. It wasn't ran very well, but a- anyways, um, I remember it's kind of, cra- I completely forgot about this shit, dude, completely forgot about it. Um, I remember we had this guy show and he was the guy that would like did exactly the job that you were just describing. He would be, uh, the, he was a projectionist he would put together the, the, um, the film reels and stuff like that and make everything work. Right. And so, but like, I remember one time I went up there and, uh, he was up there doing his, doing his thing. Right. And, um, we had a storage room with all like the candy and like, you know, like popcorn supplies and stuff. I had to go up there to, to resupply, you know, uh, the, you know, and, and so, um, I went up there and, um, it was weird. Cause like, like I got, I had that feeling of like, like somebody's watching me, you know what I mean? Like it, it just, it was unexplainable. And it is funny too, because like Shoeb was up there too. I wasn't alone. He wasn't in the same room that I was, but I, I wasn't alone necessarily because the room was right next to, but anyways, so, um, I was up there and I was, I was getting, um, uh, what were the candies? Uh, the sour ones. Sour patch. Uh, sour patches. Sour patches. Yes. Uh, we had those. And I also had to get more like, like popcorn, like for the, you know, for the popcorn uh, machine and um, the seasonings and stuff too. And so I had it like, um, I, I was, I was grabbing stuff off the shelf and maybe it was just I, the vibrations I was creating and what have you. And, but like a, a package of like popcorn seasoning, just like, like came off the shelf and fell on the ground, like right behind me. Like I turned around because I heard the sound, you know what I mean? I was like, what the fuck was that? And I seen it on the ground. I was like, I mean, did I knock that with my ass or did that just happen? And like, it was weird. Like, so I came out of the storage room and like, I had this kind of bewildered look on my face, I guess, from what Shoeb uh, described. And he was like, what happened, dude? And I was like, I mean, I don't know what just happened. You know, I, I, he, I was like, well, I mean, one of the, the seasoning packets right there, that, that, that big bag of it just like fell off the shelf behind me. I don't think I was close enough to knock it off the shelf, but it did. And he's like, dude, that shit happens to me all the time up here. Like, I was like, what are you fucking kidding me? You know, like, like, and he, he started telling me all these different like experiences that he had, you know, and like from like, like, like stuff like what, what agent Anderson was talking about to like, just like stuff like flying off the shelves and stuff. And, but it didn't, I mean, it didn't make much sense to me because like, it's not like this, this, I mean, as far as I know, this, this uh, land or this area didn't have much history as far as anything related to this, I guess. Yes, officer. Say, you know? The fire started before I got there. I don't know yeah. how else to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. Well, no, it, was, it was just, it was just a funny experience because like I, I like something weird happened to me, and then like 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 Shoeb was just like, I know what just Sounds happened like to you. Sounds like such a you know what I mean Shoeb. I love that. Though. No, that was his name, Shoeb, dude. He, he dude dude was a cool freaking dude. He was an Indian guy, but like he, he was like one of my best buds there. Like the dude was awesome. But awesome. but uh, like we would go out and party and stuff. But anyways, freaking um, like it just like 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 I said, unbeknownst to me, and he, I had never heard this from him before this happened, you know, uh, that he had been having experiences up there all the time. And like, he was just like dealing with it, I guess. You know what I mean? He didn't really talk about it. 
But I, I guess that's just a small, I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but you know, it's just a small anecdotal story. Like, and it's weird. I had completely forgot about that until Agent Anderson started talking about his story there. And I was like, oh shit, that's right. I remember that when that happened, you know, but it was such a kind of a small thing where I didn't, I really didn't make much of it except that Shaweb said that he had all these experiences up there and stuff. So it wasn't necessarily something that happened to me. I mean, it did a little bit, but only a little bit. You know what I mean? And so I kind of like, I was like, ah, I probably bumped it with my ass. You know what I mean? I probably, I, I hit the, uh, the shelving rack, you know, or something like that and bumped it and then it fell off. You know, that's kind of what I chalked it up to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you, you think that a public place like that, like a movie theater with so many people coming in and out throughout the years, uh, sooner or later, somebody's going to have like a heart attack and pass away there. So that's one possibility. The one where yeah. I worked, people thought it was haunted because there was an assistant manager that was not that not that long before I started working there had died in a horrible car crash. And after mm -hmm. that, people had started having strange experiences there. So that's why they thought it was haunted. But whether it was that or maybe some guests had, you know, had a medical emergency there or something else entirely, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just sort of, uh, you know, it manifests, these things can manifest themselves based on sort of energy. So if you're in a place yeah. like, you know, the upstairs of a movie, movie theater, it's creepy all the time. So whenever people go up there, they become fearful and sort of creeped out. Maybe that just sort of allows this sort of manifestation, whatever it may be. I don't know. Your energy, your energy is almost like uh, drawing these, this type of experience towards you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. But all right. So we are, it's uh yeah, it's getting a little late here. We're um about uh hour twenty minutes or so. But so, Asian ETA had one more story. I know. I also have one more story too, but I'm thinking, why don't we reconvene next week for yes. spoopy stories part two? Number two. Yes, number two. That way that I way agree. We, don't, we don't have to feel rushed or anything and we can do more spoopy stories. So maybe oh, Android will be awake by then, huh? Good morning, Android, might yeah. I add. Good morning. And everybody <laughs> else in our live audience, well, might as well give them a shout out. We got Murphy, Aussie Mima, Diamond, Mr. Punk, Kokichi, and Android are currently still. There's some other people who are popping in and out throughout the thing, but that's who we got you listening, listening no, live on Discord you. right now. They were thank here from all. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you so much for sticking around, guys. Yeah, we <laughs> really awesome. appreciate it, legends. Guys. Absolute legends. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate you guys showing up for the live show. And before we get going here, this week we have, guess what? Another affiliate product. And I think it's appropriate, you know, for this episode. This time we've got Ghost Hunting for Dummies. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If you ever wanted to hunt for ghosts, look no further than <laughs> ghost, ghost hunting for dummies. <laughs> check it out. The Check out the link in the description. Your purchase helps support the show. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Why don't you share with your listeners what else you bought very recently? No, no. We'll do that next time. We'll do All that right. next time. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All, right. All right, folks. <laughs> Agent Ether? Uh, keep it strange. <laughs> okay.